Public Radio. This is Klaatu, and today I'm going to go over some of my very favorite yum commands. Yum is, of course, the Yellow Dog Update Manager, or Modified, or something like that. It was this package managing front-end to RPM that a distribution called Yellow Dog came up with. And Yellow Dog, you may or may not recognize the name now, uh, used to be apparently sort of a big name on PlayStation and uh, PowerPC Linux distributions. And anyway, they were either based or inspired strongly by uh, Fedora, and so they came up with this little nice user-friendly front-end to the default package manager at the time called RPM. RPM I've used a little bit, but typically if you're using Fedora or Red Hat or CentOS or Scientific Linux or whatever, you're using uh, yum. So yum is a very cool little command, and I think that it's worth going over because at least in my mind, a package manager is only ever any good if you actually know what you're doing. This can be said of most applications if you think about it. I think I've possibly touched on this subject on my other show. But the GNU uh, World Order. Worth saying here as well, and that is that you can't really critique an application until you get to know it, which is totally backwards if you think about it. I mean, if you don't like an application, the last thing in the world you want to do is get to know it. And yet, at the same time, that's the only way you can really critique it. That's the only way you can say anything about it. Because otherwise you're just firing blanks. You're just shooting in the dark. You're just coming up with complaints, and the minute they're out of your mouth, someone says, well, actually, um, it's really easy to do that. You just do yum dash capital C, and, and, and it does that. So, what are you talking about? And you're like, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. Because you don't. You don't know what you're talking about. So, this is how I am with apt-get. Every time I complain about apt-get in IRC, I know, and I usually try to state after I have made my obligatory complaint, that I'm only complaining because I'm not reading the manual. I, I didn't sit down and read up on how to do some fancy little task for which no one should ever be doing. You know, I mean, if you've, especially if I'm, if I'm ripping out some kind of package from from the default Debian install to put in my own, uh, you know, some, some modified version of that from a, a different repository, you don't do that sort of thing without reading up on how to do it. And then you go and do it without reading up on doing it, and it messes up, and then you complain about it. Well, that's why. So, Yum is the package manager that I kind of know, I mean, aside from, like, Slack builds. the Yum is the one that I use quite frequently on on Fedora and now actually even on Red Hat. So that's the kind of, that's the one that I I started looking into to really get to know and and learn. And um so I thought I'd go over some of my favorite commands within yum and then hopefully maybe possibly someone will come out with an episode about their favorite apt get commands or their favorite what is it, Pac-Man or, or AUR or whatever Arch Linux uses, all that stuff. It would be it would be really good, I think, and, and educational for us all to listen and share and learn. So anyway, yum. You have to run it as root, or mostly you have to run it as root, because obviously you're messing around with your system applications and stuff like that, so it, it does expect you to have root power, at least. I, I just run it as root. So if you do an su and enter your root password, then you can get into yum. One of my favorite features of yum, this has been one of my favorite features for a very long time, and I, I don't actually know of really, honestly, any package manager that has this feature other than yum, but again, it's probably simply because of my ignorance on, on the subjects. But the feature that I'm I, I'm speaking of is the the group suite or the group functions of Yum, and I'll tell you all about them. So 
First of all, yum is a command with a bunch of subcommands. It's sort of a software suite, if you will. I think of it like I, I think of, of git, for instance, or publican, where you say git checkout such and such a file, or git push, or git um, remove, or git add, or git commit. You know, there's all it's, it's git is the sort of like, okay, I'm going to give you a git command, and then you say the git command, and then sometimes you say some kind of argument thereafter. So yum is a lot like that. You'll be saying, you'll, you'll be typing in yum, and then you will give some kind of command, yum command after that, and then maybe you'll give some kind of argument after, after those. So the first one that I, I usually start with after a fresh install of, of Fedora always the group stuff. So I do yum group list, all one, uh, group list is one word, so it's yum space group list. And you'll probably want to pipe that through less, because what that does is give you a full listing of these groups that, um, I don't really know who, maybe the Fedora community, maybe the Red Hat people, I'm not really sure who comes up with these groups, but there are a, there, there is a set of groups, and each of those groups contains a number of software titles that if you do a yum group install such and such a group then you get all of these software applications installed for free uh, by which I mean without really having to think about it this is completely unlike me to like this feature right I I'm a slackware user I state that I want full control over my system well on Fedora I don't really care I uh, the reason that one might sit down in front of Fedora is because it's a very sort of desktopy fast-paced kind of distribution so you're updating a lot you're reinstalling to the or, or upgrading to the latest version of it a lot you're you're doing all these cutting-edge things so if I'm doing a fresh install of Fedora the last thing I want to do is go through my system and carefully and and delicately design every single application and every font and everything that goes into it. I, I don't care. So this is a really, really handy tool, actually. And nine times out of ten, I'm, I'm perfectly happy. Actually, so far, ten times out of ten, I'm perfectly happy with what I get in these group installs. So sample groups would be, for instance... Um, there's the KDE software compilation, KDE space software space compilation. That's actually not one I usually install because I usually install the KDE version of Fedora anyway, but um, another one would be text-based internet, for instance, window space managers, X software development, um, system tools, sound and video, office slash productivity, network space servers, MySQL database, obvious sort of really common groups of really commonly installed software packages. Probably if you're going to, for instance, install MySQL database, you can probably already think of other things that you're going to install along with it, right? You're not just going to do MySQL server, you're going to do MySQL client, MySQL admin, or maybe that comes with server, I don't really remember. Uh, PHP my admin, come on, you know you're going to do it all kinds of little things like that. So rather than doing a yum install mysql-database space mysql-client all these other things that you know you're going to do every single time just do a yum space group install 
and then you'll have to escape it because there's a space in the name. My SQL space database, close quote, and hit return, and that sure enough installs the group MySQL database. Well, what if you don't know what's in that group? You want to know before you install it. That's understandable. So that would be yum space group info, and then again, quote, MySQL space database, end quote, and that looks at the metadata about that group of packages and lists exactly what's in the group of MySQL database. And sure enough, it's got all the usual or a bunch of the usual things that you're going to get along with MySQL. MySQL-Python, some libdbd things that are probably for web servers, MySQL server, uh, Perl, dbd, MySQL, mod, auth, MySQL, so some Apache uh, modules, um, PHP, MySQL, Qt3, MySQL, Qt, MySQL, lots of different things. And actually, PHP my admin is not installed on that. That probably comes along with web server group. I don't know. But the point is that you've got a bunch of packages all grouped together in something that's very logical, and for 90% of the users out there, it's probably either exactly what you wanted or it's really, really close. So if we do a yum group info on sound, space, and video, I can bet you anything that it's not exactly how I would install the sound and video stuff that I would want on a uh, system, but it's probably really, really close. And sure enough, it is really, really close. It's got all the different codecs. It's got uh, VLC. It's got a couple of sound um, making applications like Rose Garden. It's got a bunch of myth stuff that I would never in real life install. But, you know, you take the good with the bad, or the stuff that you're not going to use with the stuff that you are going to use. And you can whittle it down and, and really get in there and be very, very, um, you know, actually tell it which one to install and which one not to install. But I don't ever really do that, to be honest. So um, that's the group suite. Group list, group info, and group install. Uh, that That will get you set up with a really nice system with essentially one command because what I usually do is I do it just a group a young group install and then I list all the different groups that I want to install you might have to do like a group list first just to to remember what what groups there are so that's two commands but then the next one is going to be yum group install and then you just list all the different groups that you want to install with quotation marks around them if they have funky characters or spaces in their name and then you're done the only other yum group command there is, of course, is group remove, which removes the, the group. Uh, I actually have never used that command because I'm always so happy with the groups that I install. So the another really important command that, that I learned pretty quickly was yum what provides. And again, that's all one word. I think that either since I learned that one or maybe it was already like this and I just didn't learn it like this, there is a yum provides. This is really handy when you're looking for a package or a, yeah, a, a, an application and you don't know what package it gets contained in. I used to have this problem a lot with like things like GCC or G++ on different distributions. I get it on Fedora now because of the group install. I just I do a group install of the software development stuff. It grabs all of the GCC, you know, all the different compilers um, and and different environment, different uh, development. Uh, files and stuff like that, the header files, whatever. So I don't really have to deal with that now. And even if I did, I, I think I would understand well enough that G++ was 
basically a version of GCC that's going to come along with the GCC package in Fedora. But I didn't know that at one time, so Yum Provides would help have helped me with that. More recently, I was looking for JRE, which is a Java runtime environment. I really don't know that much about Java, to be honest. So I knew that it was... I mean, I knew JRE was Java. I didn't know what it was going to be called. I didn't know what to really look for. And I typed in, like, a yum search, JRE. And it uh, came up with, like, JRE Factory and JRE Factory Java Doc. No idea what a JR Factory is. I don't know if that's what I want. I'm pretty sure it's not. Turns out yum provides JRE... Uh, does a full listing of anything with the JRE flag set on it, or, or the keyword of JRE associated with it. And it turns out that you can get the Java 1.6 OpenJDK, which, which happens to be an OpenJDK runtime environment, aka JRE. Or you can get the 1.5 version, or you can get the uh, something else, GCJ, I don't know. But point is that you find the four packages in the repository, or the, the mini repositories that I've I've got on this box, right there, you know where you, at least what to look into, see what you need, and, and of course that leads me right into yum info. So if we saw that we've got a an interesting looking package, we're not really too sure if it's what we're looking for or not. We can copy the name uh, from our yum provides and then do a yum space info space name of that package and it tells me exactly what that package does and it, it, it tells me in the description that it is the OpenJDK runtime environment okay granted that's actually not much more than what the name of the package tells me but obviously in other other um, packages it's a lot more informative and, and more interesting and more complex so there you go yum provides yum info Yum list is also really great. Yum list is basically everything that you've got on your system all, already installed. So if you can't remember what exactly you've installed lately, or um, where you got it from, like what repository you got it from, Yum list will give you all of that information, and I do mean all of that information. You, there's there might be another place to look for this information on the system, I actually don't know. Um, I think of this, in my mind, as doing an ls on slash var slash log slash packages in, in Slackware. Tells you exactly what packages have been installed, what files are in those packet, you know, got installed along with those packages, stuff like that. This is very, very similar. If you're going to do a yum list, you're either going to want to pipe it through grep if you're looking for something very specific, where you're going to want to pipe it, or rather redirect it, into a text file so that you can search it later on, because it will tell you everything. But the nice things that it does tell you is it tells you what the package is called, what version number you have installed, and what repository it comes from. So already just kind of scanning through the results of my yum list, I see uh, Fedora, I see updates, I see RPM Fusion free, RPM Fusion free updates, RPM Fusion non-free, that was a XV. I'm not really sure what that is. Uh, it's something graphical, but I don't really remember doing that, but whatever. Um, but this is really great, obviously, if, if you're looking to kind of get a feel for what you've done to your system, what you've got on it, what you don't have on it, whatever. 
yum list is is what gives you that kind of information. Okay, so speaking of installing stuff from other repositories, uh, one thing that you do sometimes is you install an RPM that you got from some other website outside of your repository. This uh, used to be called a local install. Uh, they've deprecated the term local install, and now it's just install, so it's yum install some package. But the, the difference would be that you've got an RPM that you found online, you downloaded the RPM itself, and you want to install it on the command line for whatever reason. Now, in real life, if you go out onto the interwebs and you find an RPM from a reliable source, um, I typically only am doing this if I'm going to a website that, you know, the, the actual application's website. I don't go to one of these sites that sort of collects all the RPMs or just offers random RPMs from random people. But, for instance, animation package that I really like called Synfig Studio. When it comes out with a new version, I want that new version right now. So I very often go over to their site, synfigstudio.org, or synfig.org, and I go to the downloads, and I find the the latest version that they've got, and they package it up for RPM, uh, as an RPM. So I grab the RPM, actually there's three RPMs if, I, if, if I'm remembering correctly, I might be misremembering and thinking of the source code packages, uh, which I f frequently use on the Slackware builds, but... Um, for Fedora, there's there's either a package or three packages that you have to ins install. You grab those or that, and then you can do a yum local install. I, I use the term local install still out of habit, although I've read in the man page of yum that it's actually deprecated. It's just yum, well not deprecated, it's still supported just be for legacy purposes, but uh, you're not supposed to use it. So yum install and then dot slash the name of that package sitting on your hard drive. Simple enough. Um, like I say, in real life, if you did that, if you downloaded it, when you start downloading it, something's going to catch you and say, hey, this is an RPM. Uh, would you like to open this in your package manager and install it there? I never do that because I think way back in the early days of doing this stuff, I had a couple of experiences where it just wouldn't install it correctly or whatever, and I just kind of fell out of the habit of using a graphical package manager. So I typically am just doing it on the command line. So if you do a yum install dot slash synfig dash zero dot six or whatever dash no arch, let's say dot rpm, then it's going to warn you that it doesn't want to install that package because it doesn't have any signature or any GPG key record for that for that package, meaning that that package has no recognizable digital signature. The reason that Fedora and, and, and other distributions use digital signatures are so that there's a level of familiarity between you and your source of applications. So if you are um, grabbing packages from a server and you have previously imported a certificate or a, a signature key file into your system, then your package manager is going to look at your certificate, the, the GPG key that you imported into its database, and it's going to check that against the package that you are now trying to install. And if there's a mismatch, 
then obviously something's wrong. Why would there be a mismatch? Well, because that's not the package you think it is. Or someone hacked into the repository, which of course has happened. So having that GPG key from that server on your computer in your RPM database is really, really important. But if you're installing something that has no GPG key uh, signature, like Synfig, then you can't very well for instance, import their GPG key into your database and then install the package because they just don't offer that. Or if they do, um, maybe you don't know about it yet. I, I don't think they offer it though. But um, the, 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 the workaround would be no GPG check. And then hit return and that would, that would work. So the full command would be um, yum install dash dash no gpg check space dot slash synfig um, asterisk rpm return and that would successfully install that application and it is of course skipping the gpg key check so it's not going to complain about how it's completely insecure and untrusted and you should never do that um, and you really shouldn't ever do that I mean in theory because y you're bypassing a security check that is built in to make sure that you're getting the package that you believe you're getting. Hopefully the RPM distributor at least has some kind of MD5 sum or something so that you can, can verify that yes, okay, this package is what I think it is. But you obviously do want to make sure that you're, it's coming from a, a trusted source because you really don't have any way of knowing what that source is unless you've you know, you've gone to that repository before, you've imported their GPG key, and then you've, you're able to work with their packages in a secure way. The GPG key importing process is fairly invisible to you usually. I mean, certainly the ones, you know, the default repositories that kind of are associated with Fedora from a fresh install, well, those GPG keys are there. They, they're imported because they're preset in your system. That's the repository that is uh, added to your system by default. But if you go to a place, for instance, like rpmfusion.org, rpmfusion.org is the official, unofficial repository for all of those um, packages that Fedora cannot or does not want to carry themselves. But they're from pretty well-established sources. Everyone seems to be pretty okay with, with RPM Fusion. Everyone kind of knows the people behind it. Um, it's, it's some of the most reliable and trusted old places that used to have the extra stuff for Fedora, and they've all come together into one big place called RPM Fusion. And if you go there, you can get packages for Fedora and even RHEL or CentOS or whatever, although I have to say I've, that they don't really have that many packages for, for RHEL. But Fedora, they, they do have quite a few for, for that. And so when you're importing it, or when you're adding their repository to your list, rather, and there's a really easy way to do it. They, there's a configuration page, and you simply go in, grab a pre-built command that they give you, paste it into your terminal, and it runs and installs, grabs the RPM that is basically the setting for that repository, and adds it to your system. And of course, along with that, it's importing their own GPG key into your database so that your system is familiar with RPM Fusion packages and will not throw errors unless there's some reason to believe that the, the, the signatures aren't matching and that there's some problem, which you should probably not ignore. 
But if it's a local install, you're not going to have the GPG key imported into your database, so you need to skip over it with dash dash no GPG check. The other thing that you need to do, because now you've done a local install of some package, so you have basically overridden the normal method of tracking a package. Normally, YUM wants to own your packages. It wants to be able to look at that package, it wants to look at the version number, and it wants to compare it with whatever is on the uh, in one of your repositories. So if Synfig does exist, for instance, in the Fedora Extras repository, like RPM Fusion or something, and it's the older version, let's say it's 0.5, I'm making up these version numbers. I, I think I'm in the ballpark, but I could be wrong about them. But let's say it's 0.5, the new version is 0.6. It's going to compare those two, and if you've just installed 0.6 manually, and YumC is 0.5 on the repository, its job is to make those two version numbers match. So it's going to obviously try to actually downgrade you from 0.6 to 0.5, and that would be an issue for you, probably. So you need to blacklist the synfig package that you have installed yourself. So you need to take ownership of that on your own and resolve that, yes, you know that it is an older ver a newer version than what is available online, but that you are going to keep it updated or, or just kind of manage it yourself. The way to take ownership of a package would be to enter it as an exclude in your yum.conf. Yum.conf lives in slash Etsy, not surprisingly. And so if we, again, we're just hanging out as root in this episode, hope you don't mind, do a vim uh, space slash etsy slash yum.conf. And it's a pretty simple conf file, to be honest. It kind of has some really obvious stuff. Location of the log file, um, the GPG check, whether it's going to do it or not. Simple stuff like that. This isn't where the repositories are usually listed. That's in a different folder, slash etsy slash yum.repos.d. But it is the correct place for the excludes. So all you have to do to exclude something is add a line at the, the bottom of your conf file, or at the bottom of the active portion of it. The bottom of it is a bunch of commentary, so I usually avoid that. But right under, for instance, install underscore, or install only underscore limit equals three, which I don't even know what that means, I type in exclude equals, and then the name of the package. So synfig, and actually I'm just going to go ahead and do a wildcard RPM. So if it's a synfig something RPM, exclude that from being managed by yum. And I might also do that for ffmpeg if I've compiled my own ffmpeg, which wouldn't surprise me. Space. It's just a space uh, space the limited list of all the packages that you do not want yum to manage for you. Now you can actually override your own excludes, interestingly. So if you know that there's an exciting new version of synfig out, and yes, it's in the Fedora 16 repository, or Fedora 18, whatever you're upgrading to, or you just decide that you're tired of dealing with the, the burden of managing some package and you decide that you want Yum to go ahead and do an update, and if there's new stuff, even in your excludes, then then go for it. Then you can do a Yum update dash dash, or, or you know, Yum, well, yeah, I guess it would be update, really, or it could be distribution dash synchronization if you're doing a huge upgrade kind of thing. But point being, Yum update space dash dash disable excludes all oh, that's one word equals in this case all because i haven't defined which repository you know i haven't 
gone into each repository and said, okay, I want you to exclude this package from this repository, stuff like that, which you can do in the yum repo uh, D directory, but we're not doing that. So, and I, I don't really actually do that myself. So I just say d disable excludes equals all, and then it goes through the typical yum update process or upgrade process, whatever I'm doing, update, whatever, and it it ignores the excludes that I've delineated. In real life, I think I've done this once. Usually if I exclude something, I, I really want it excluded. One of the commands, or subcommands, that I use quite frequently, actually, is yum-deplist. Yum-deplist, uh, in my mind, is just hugely helpful because I'm always cheating on Slackware and grabbing RPMs from Fedora. So if I, from the Fedora repositories, so if I look at a Fedora RPM on Fedora and I do like a yum dep list space whatever, in this case let's just go ahead and do publican because that's the one that I've been dealing with lately and I'll pipe that through less because it's a long list, um, then it, it shows you all of the, it shows you the package, which package it's talking about, in this case publican.noarch. 2.5-2 FC15 tells you every single dependency that that package relies upon. So if you are doing something like what I do, where you're stealing RPMs shamelessly from the Fedora repositories, Deplist is great because it tells you exactly what you're going to need in order to get the thing to actually install on your system uh, wherever you're installing it. In my case it would be Slackware via the RPM2 TGZ uh, command. So Deplist is hugely helpful. Not really all that important if you're just doing it on Fedora because Yum is going to resolve all those dependencies for you anyway. A couple of things great for automation would be the assume yes flag. That's dash dash assume yes, all, all one word. That obviously assumes yes to any question that Yum might be prompted to ask you. And then there's the dash dash skip dash broken, which skips any packages with uh, problems that, if there's a problem with like resolving a dependency or something, it'll just skip that package rather than tell you that it can't install anymore and, and quit. So those are two good ones for those times that you're not doing a group install, or, or maybe you are, and you're going to walk away from the system. You know, you've got this big chunk of stuff that you're going to install, you're going to walk away, go to bed, get up in the morning and have a nice new system. Uh, the thing to do there would be to have those flags turned on, probably, unless you want it to stop after, like, the first package that has one little problem with it. There are other commands for yum. There are a couple of more. I, I've actually covered a lot of them. There are still more. I don't use them, so I'm not going to go into them now and pretend like I know what they do. I, I could read you the, the yum help results and just kind of give you a one-sentence summary, but that's silly. So... Those are the commands that I know and love. Those are the ones that I have either used in a memorable situation or use all the time. One cool one is kind of um, that I that I kind of play around with sometimes is yum shell. It's not that big of a deal really. It just drops you down to a prompt where you can then not type in yum space group install or whatever. You just type in just the the the, the command. You know, so if you want a yum list, you just type in list because you're in the yum shell already. So um, that's kind of fun, I guess, to play around with. Not that big of a deal, but, but just so you know that, that it's there. Other than that, that's yum. That's the big front end for RPM. It's, it's a, like I say, it's, it's pretty user-friendly. It's, it's quite forgiving. 
uh, even in in things like capitalization, sometimes uh, in the group the group installs, you can miss a couple of capitals and it won't it won't break. It it, it doesn't care. So it's um, easy to use. It's fun to use and it's effective. I sh probably should mention yum remove and yum erase. Those, as far as I know, are the same thing. I could be wrong. Erase might be a lot more complete than remove. I use yum remove. So if you want to remove a package that you've installed or that has been installed along with a group, for instance, a group install that you didn't really want, you can always do a yum remove name of that package and that will remove it after your confirmation. So that's it. That's yum. Hope you enjoy it. Be sure that you know if you're going to do Fedora, you'd, you'd obviously want to do a, a yum update pretty early on after installing because of the pace of the, the development. And you'd also want to go over to rpmfusion.org and add those repositories probably because that has a lot more packages and a lot of cool stuff in there. So um, hope that helps you if you use yum and aren't really too clear on, on some of the functionality of it and hope it interests you if you've never used it and have been curious. Thanks for listening. Bye. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.